0: today is episode 18 are you playing defense now this is a real interesting one probably one that i hear a lot from small business owners or medium-sized business owners or folks that are high-level salespeople that are building very successful businesses it's incredible how many people actually don't play defense and i gotta admit i've struggled with this too in my business journey so this is like learning from my pain and the pain of others like many things on this podcast are and hopefully this will be a wake-up call for all of us that are out there building businesses or working in the world of business and we can avoid some of the harder lessons that happen if not fatal lessons that happen in the world of business. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Now one of the things I read long ago and I'll never forget it. It was actually a study on the difference between millionaires and billionaires. I wish I could remember where it came from. You'll forgive me for that. And the gist of the study was that for people who are, they were, it was like more deeper millionaires. So people that are in 10 million, 100 million, not one, two, three, four, five million. that's way more common of a net worth, but people that are up there over 10 million, 20 million, a hundred million type of net worth. The difference between them in billionaires this study actually brought it down to defense and that was the primary difference in other words people that have built empires or successful businesses that have big net worth 10 20 30 100 million dollars or more and billionaires by that point they've actually are very similar in their ability to play offense they're very similar in their ability to scale a business very similar in their skills on growing rapidly, sustained growth over time, the successes of business that we all read about, and we tend to think that's all business is, and that's all success is. The interesting thing that this study pointed out was the difference between them wasn't that because they were almost the same when it came to their ability to generate revenue and generate success. However, the billionaires were significantly better at defense. And the big learning lesson was they had less setbacks because of that. And if you really think about it, there's a lot to that. And it goes in the category, like many things that we talk about on the Seth Campbell podcast, as the things that we wish somebody taught us that nobody taught us and business defense, man, I might put that at the top of the list on that, the things that we wish we were taught, but nobody taught us. So I'm going to hopefully give you a little bit here that you can some models, some systems, some things to consider that you'll go take action on right away and make sure that you are playing defense. Episode 18, are you playing defense? Now, and when you think about the difference when these millionaires and billionaires in this study of defense, a great analogy to use is going to be like the physical body, right? We all are born and we have a certain level of health, certainly as childhood, and people are different variations of that for sure, yet, We can move and we can go. And then you extend your life out. You become an adult. And you can agree with me that we might have two adults who are very equally good at offense. In other words, they have good exercise. They have good habits. They have a lot of movement. Yet what's going to happen to the one who's not good at defense in their physical body? Defense being enough sleep. Defense being the right nutrition eating for health instead of just eating defense being taking the right supplements or doing the right things or the protectionary measures did you know uh, speaking of health i remember reading a book on longevity and number one issue that people have when they get elderly is movement restrictions in the lower part of their body because they didn't build enough bone density and enough leg strength inside of that so there's a lot of people even in the bodybuilding world that Focus on the the pretty muscles, the upper body, the chest, the arms, the biceps, and all of that. And yet they didn't play defense with their bones. They didn't play defense with their blood and heart health. And no matter how great their offense was on a bicep, when you're in a wheelchair, it's hard to maintain that. And it's hard to have movement. And there's plenty of people with great intention of, and one day I'm going to travel. One day I'm going to have this great life when I retire and I'm going to see the world and they are physically restricted from going to all the places that they wish they could because they lack mobility. So you would agree with me that defense in our physical body is a key to longevity, is it not? Businesses are the same. So when you have a successful product, you have a successful service, you have a successful model and you are building, you're getting sales and you're building your business, one of the worst things you could do is not play defense and that impedes the longevity of your business it's called an entity for a reason it's like a living thing and mo- most of business success by the way is just outliving the downtimes. it's not just building a successful product it's making it through rough times making it through really big struggles it's survival through that that's why we have reserves of our bank accounts that matter that's why the companies that have very healthy reserves play good defense they just live longer and the funny thing is if you have a successful business just think about it if you have a healthy body and it lives long enough you're going to get there if you have a healthy business and it lives long enough you're going to be very successful and very wealthy and that's why billionaires And multi-millionaires, the only big difference between them wasn't the offense, it was the defense. The billionaires lived longer in their businesses, had less fatal blows, less incapacitating blows, and they survived those things longer and they just continued to build that success. So let's break this down. I like to think of these in three categories. I'm gonna share with you just again, like I always do, my own personal experiences, what I've learned, how I do this, And if you wanna have show notes on this, you can go to sethcampbell.com and find the show notes in there on business defense. And we'll have some of these pieces for you. Like I said, this is really to get you to go take action and do some of your own due diligence in your world and figure out where you need to have better defense. Now, I like to categorize this into three different categories. And we're gonna talk about a diseased level of danger, an incapacitate level of danger, and what I call business fatal. So we've got diseased, incapacitate, and fatal. And it is very important to categorize the dangers of business in those three categories so that you can act appropriately and defend against them appropriately. One thing I know about entrepreneurs, me being one of them, is that we tend to not think defense. Now, I shouldn't say that all entrepreneurs like that because we all have different behavior profiles. The the most stereotypical entrepreneurs is highly visionary, highly influential, a real go-getter, high risk taker. So we don't naturally give defense. It's not natural for us to give defense the credit it deserves. The easy solution to that, by the way, is not for you to become a, a defensive expert. It's for you to have enough knowledge and have a structure like these three categories I have such that you then bring the right who's the right people into your life who are naturally wired for defense so you need a defensive captain you need a defensive coach like any sports team would have who really just focuses on that for you and by the way when you do that i've got a really good one in my life there's going to be some conflict there's going to be a natural push pull he and i often argue or push he's I think overly cautious. He thinks I'm overly risky. And that's a beautiful thing to have in our world because I highly respect his opinion and I will back off in in a lot of ways and allow him to drive the defense to extend the life of our businesses. Let's talk about these three categories just to give you an idea and and how you may choose to respond just my advice to you. Let's talk about diseased. What I would call a disease, think of a disease as a slow thing that's maybe not causing tremendous damage, but something's happening on the inside. Something's happening in the business. We we may not even know it. We may not even see the signs of the disease yet and left unchecked, it will grow and it will turn into something much more serious. It might even be too late to deal with it if we don't respond to it fast enough. What are some diseased type of things inside of a business? That's gonna be poor spending habits, lack of financial controls. What I mean by financial controls is who has access to what, where is the money? Do we keep separate bank accounts the way we need to? Do we have, are, are we even doing bookkeeping or do we wait until tax time and hopefully send all the spreadsheets to our CPA, hope we put it all in there, cross our fingers that we didn't mess up and end up with this major audit or major expense at the IRS did a better job at bookkeeping than we did, God forbid. And did you ever check the interest rates from the IRS? It's, I think it would be illegal if a credit card company charged that much, yet it's massive. So those are disease types of things. Not knowing your profit, not knowing your numbers, that's a disease on the defensive side that's missing. A lot of times we think tracking and knowing our numbers is really a byproduct of great offense. And I would say, Tracking your numbers is essential that you could become more efficient in your offense. Your awareness will be higher. Yet it is a critical mistake because there's plenty of businesses that get away with not tracking because they're making enough money. And when we talk about bringing in tracking, yeah, I I know I need that. I know I need that. And really, the inner voice is the same. I got a lot of money in the bank. I'm looking at the bank account. The success is coming in. I can barely keep up. People are walking in the door or people are buying my product or signing up for my thing all day long so i know i'm not really in danger not having con- the right tracking actually is a form of disease not knowing your profit per person or per product or per service is a disease and it will cause you to start making business decisions on expanding on getting into things or expanding the right product what if you one of your services that use that it might be the most expensive highest ticket item you you have And you might actually lose money on it or barely make any money. And, but you think top line, oh, I I sell that service for 900. This other one I sell for 200. So obviously I got to sell more than 900. What if you make $10 on the 900 one and it takes twice as much time and you make 100 on the 200 one and it takes a lot less minutes? Then you will disease your way, lack of defense into scaling or expanding yourself. Maybe into bankruptcy, left unchecked. So, knowing that expanding too quickly, by the way, another form of business disease. You can expand too quickly on the wrong service. You can expand too quickly on locations and really get yourself in trouble. So, those are some disease ones. Those are the most common form. How do you fix those? That's where you need to bring in some advice, bring in some help. If your CPA is the only person who has financial advice for you on how to set up your business, you're in trouble. Their their, job is, their their job is to formulate your taxes and get them paid. They're not necessarily the person who's day-to-day in your business or understands all these little intricacies where you're leaving money on the table. They're probably not calculating some of the stuff. They're probably not, they don't even have time to help make tracking for you, profit per product, per service, per person, whether you're expanding too quickly or not, They'll see, hey, the disease is spreading. There's something going on here that's not working. They'll see that many times by the time it's too late or the disease starts to show itself on the outside. So getting basics in place, some disciplines, somebody's gotta be in charge of no, somebody's gotta be in charge of, this is the right thing to do, or here's the data that shows us what is better to do versus what we should do less of. And if you're missing those who's in your life, then it's critical that you get those people in place and that you don't override them in the name of being this fast growing, visionary, high roller entrepreneur. Next level is incapacitate. These are the things that can incapacitate your business. So what I mean by incapacitate is exactly what it says is it could knock you out for a while. It could stop you. It could close the doors temporarily. It could pull away a ton of your time and energy and you're no longer growing or selling because you got to go deal with this other thing in and you may lose six months you may lose six days you may lose two years dealing with something that crept up it could be a disease that turned into an incapacitate or it could be an event so some event style ones would be like a security vulnerability like data theft so let's say that you have a major data theft out of your business whether from the outside or somebody that is no longer with you and it triggered a lot of problems, either public data or things like that, or it could just be the data you need to run your business or they may be using that as a competitor. They've taken your data and now they're building a competing business against you with that data. How much of your energy is going to be to go legally try and and stop that or have the, the damage that can be done overnight from something like that should they Walk away with your clients or do some major damage like that, it can get incapacitate you. Think about security vulnerabilities like software ones like ransomware not having the right security or safety in place i've been I've had my companies attack with ransomware I think goodness they picked smaller ones that were it didn't affect us as much but I've had businesses now if we would have had ransomware attack and I've seen it happen to many people. small businesses are the number one target of ransomware right now we just don't hear about it as much because it happens so frequent frequently and there are companies that are not part of national news so they just don't get news coverage but make no mistake the number one target of ransomware is small mom and pop business because they have the weakest security vulnerabilities and literally incapacitated their entire business think about right now what software you're using that if you could not access it tomorrow would cause you a major disruption to your business and how safe are you from that Another incapacitate category, I would say, or things inside of that category would be weaker contracts. This is a very common one. As businesses start to grow, we tend to do handshake deals or we have like little one-page agreements with people that we hire or other businesses we do business with that we wrote ourselves not being attorneys. And as we get bigger, those weaker contracts can come back to haunt us. They, they they may cause major exoduses where people leave us, like I said, and go set up shop against us. And we don't actually have a contract in place that really would prohibit that. And there's nothing we can do. Damage to the inside. People may be able to do certain things on the inside where they didn't really break any rules, but they really caused major destruction. They started recruiting our people away. They left us. We don't have non-solicitation agreements with them non-compete agreements with them. And it could be a major incapacitate event just because we have weaker contracts, partnership agreements. Uh, I've seen businesses that are partners that never put in place an operating agreement or partnership agreement. And as soon as there's conflict there, literally it could incapacitate the business or just disrupt it so much with drama and infighting that eventually less customers are being taken care of, less products are being sold. Just the amount of hours that the owners have to invest in fixing that or dealing with that, that they're not growing their business anymore. Poor financial rules. So There's a little bit of a of an upgrade from not having financial controls in place. This would be like rules. And when you bring in a insider defensive captain, so to speak, usually on the financial side, they'll immediately start putting rules in place like double signatures. For example, smart business, I'll give you a real one. A smart business has a rule that whoever prints the checks, let's say you print checks, cannot sign the checks. And you think, oh my gosh, that sounds like more work. No, it's a double double check on if that bill should be paid. Do you know how many businesses the person who prints the checks also has authority to sign the check end up in a fraud situation because the person embezzled money? They wrote their cousin checks. They wrote themselves checks. They wrote fake checks to fake companies that they really owned. And money just siphons out the door until it's so late that they're really incapacitated. And you either gotta go sue somebody at a great expense, incapacitate, or deal with it or take the loss. Either way, it's really disruptive to a business. So there's all kinds of rules. If we have a separate bank account for the reserves that we keep money in for our reserves separate from the money that we use to operate the business and every month let's say our expenses are twenty thousand dollars a month then as the owner only i only i as a financial rule have the authority to cause a transfer from reserves to operating and every month i'll drop twenty one thousand dollars into that operating account so that there's a tiny buffer in there not much or twenty thousand five hundred dollars and Nobody else can make that transfer except for me so that if somehow the money runs out or they want to start buying stuff that was out of budget, then they actually can't because there's not enough money in the account. It's just enough to pay this month's bills. That would be a financial rule that a defensive captain would put into place. Bank account access, just the ability to actually get in, not let alone make a transfer, sometimes just giving out bank account access to the wrong people or not having rules in place that When somebody leaves a company who was on the bank account, we forget to take them off. And we've just left ourselves open to something bad potentially happening. So those are the incapacitate types of uh, business defense you wanna make sure that you have in place. Now let's talk about the big one, what I call business fatal. And business fatal are the ones that as the owner, I really keep up on myself. And whether I am high risk or not, I keep these in the back of my mind and I take action on these preventively all the time when I'm really paying attention. The other things I'm gauging whether or not I put the right who's in place, the defensive captain or defensive team. And by asking the question like, Hey, what are some of our financial rules that you've implemented? What about this? What about that? And I listen to horror stories from other companies that are friends with or things I read about and say, oh, could somebody do that, could I afford them an an email, could this happen to us? And if not, explain to me how I don't want to just take, no, we're good as an answer, just walk me through it real quick. And I'm listening for their level of stopping the disease and incapacitate. Now I'm fatal. Think about fatal. Business fatal has a couple of categories. Think about things that can shut you down. There's government agencies that can shut you down like OSHA for some businesses legally have the right to come in and put, you know, chains on the door. Your landlord, if you're leasing commercial space in some states could lock lock you out. So what what are some things that could shut you down? Safety concerns. God forbid somebody has a really bad accident and your place is shut down, it's a crime scene or it's an investigation. And like, you just can't open for business. Things that are real safety concerns can become fatal. They can, and then the other category that you really wanna pay attention to, like in the business fatal category are things that, what's the worst case scenario. So, and I gauge this as I'm making risk business decisions is I will consider what's the worst case scenario. Is it fatal? Is it an incapacitate or is it in the disease category? And that helps you make a decision. And if the worst happened, and a business fatal one, you want to be very careful about ones that you can't write a check for. So like a lawsuit of a major nature, harassment, negligence, if you're in the medical world, uh HIPAA violations, data security leaks of people's uh, personally identifiable information, PII. There's a lot of companies where they have the extra layers of, of liability that they have to cover for. And I just think, is there? What's the worst that could happen from here? Could the fines or the lawsuit cause a check bigger than we can? Then it's fatal. Business is dead. No matter how successful we are, no matter how great my services, no matter how smart my product is, it's fatal and it's over. Difference between multimillionaires and billionaires, right there. So I think about where they are. Could this be fatal? And And then how do we prevent that? Here's my advice inside of that. First layer of business fatal is insurance. Can I insure against this? So can I add on extra insurance specifically around some of these items, depending on what my employment law around harassment or certain overarching umbrella liabilities. Depending on what industry I'm in, I might be able to buy insurance around PII or HIPAA or things like that. So the idea here, is prevent, prevent, insure where you can. It's much cheaper to pay an insurance deductible than it is to write the whole check for the whole thing. And that just might be the difference between downgrading from a fatal to an incapacitate or even a disease, it'd be very expensive, yet it's not fatal. So think about layer one is what can I insure against this? And then part of that is training this obsession with training against that, training everybody who's involved with anything that could go wrong inside of that. So if it's a safety concern, my person at a front desk, a receptionist, they need to know that when somebody, you know, say I have like tile floors or hardwood floors, or if, if somebody comes and mops that floor and it's wet and they don't put a wet floor sign right there, say I run a restaurant and there's a slip and fall, The sign being there or not being there may be the difference between fatal or incapacitate or no damage at all, depending on the situation. That one $12 plastic, ugly yellow sign and the training of that person to put that out, no matter what, every time actually might be the difference between staying in a business or being out of business, no matter how successful my business is. So I've got to train like crazy. Anybody that's touching the software, how? what are your practices? And I've got to document that training, harassment. Everybody's got to sign up. We've got to keep track of it. We've got to train, train. And it's not just training for protecting yourself. It's training to prevent the thing from actually happening. So I'm going to train hard and then I'm going to insure with insurance everywhere I possibly can. Now, the interesting thing about insuring your way is pretty much every insurance policy is going to have a few yeah, but you gotta do your part. And those, yeah, but you gotta do your part are opportunities for the insurance company to back out and say, yeah, we do cover that, but you didn't do your parts inside of this. So you were negligent. So we're actually not going to cover you there. So that's a real key thing. So let's say that you have the ability to insure against one of these business fatal, then your training actually needs to include deeply where the hole in the insurance is. So that may be, hey, we do have insurance protection against PII, personally identified information, mishandling. However, if you do X, Y, Z incorrectly, give out your password, do the work from your home computer, save certain files on your home computer that have that, then insurance won't cover that should you have a data leak out of your house. They'll cover what's done here. Then we'll cover the file that you decided to download at your house and save it on your hard drive because you're working at night. And that got out. That actually now turns fatal. So your training would be deeply against that. Again, how do you do this as a business owner? It's too much to worry about. I'm I'm with you. And you want to install enough defense inside of this and put a who in charge of it. You've gotta have a defensive captain. You've gotta have a defensive driver. So it is insure, train hard, then train hard again, where the gaps in insurance are, not just on how to prevent the whole thing from happening altogether. Another layer of training and constantly do that over and over and over and over again. People forget, new people come, old people go, and you've gotta constantly train it. It's gotta be part of your lifestyle. And anywhere in the organization, that you may feel compelled to take a risk and your defensive captain is screaming, that puts us in fatal category. I urge you as a business owner, let it go. There's probably no risk worth taking a uh, business fatal. It's just not worth it. The upside is not worth it. The other thing is, should you, God forbid, get into a situation where you may have opened yourself up to something that's fatal or uh, one of the incapacitate, react swiftly and consistently swiftly like overreact be fast don't be emotional not that kind of a reaction just stop everything else there's no great sale there's no great route recruiting appointment there's no great big client coming in that is more important so in other words in your hierarchy of importance uh, safety security business fatal maybe even incapacitate thing that pops up in front of your purview you actually would stop everything and go deal with that even as the business owner You would go all in on that and react fast. There's so many times where the real damage that may cost you money in a lawsuit or whatever is actually how the owners or the executives react once they find out that there was an issue. And you wanna show that you reacted swiftly, you took it seriously, and get this, write this down, you reacted consistently. Inconsistent responses are another form of potentially fatal. In other words, sometimes you may feel like that's our number one salesperson or that person is this or that's that. And you may react, you may consider reacting a little different than you would if it was a newbie that just crossed that line or somebody else and you can't do that. That's another issue altogether. So it is swiftly, it's seriously, It is reacting as if it is that important. You don't have to do that on the disease stuff. You'll drive everybody crazy. Do it on these ones and consistently have the same reaction and make sure it's in alignment with exactly what your policies and everything have. If you don't have any of these policies, it's time to get some help. It's time to get some defensive leaders. Reach out to us. Be more than happy to help you the best way we can and have some conversation with it. I have a good defensive team and no matter what, Just remember businesses, most business success, a lot of business success is more about your ability to have longevity than it is about crushing today. And if you're not playing defense or you don't have the right who's on defense or you don't have the right structure for these three categories, you may be succeeding until suddenly you're gone. And yes, you can start over, And that's what the multimillionaires did versus the billionaires. And yes, you can rebuild. However, why would you want to keep going? Play defense, there's enough pieces in place. And the fact you haven't been trained on it is no reason not to become masterful at it now through other people. You don't have to be a master of yourself. You just have to be aware of these three separate categories. And as a business leader, have the right tools in place, the right systems in place, and the right who's in place so that you can have a massive legacy and not have to deal with any of the terrible things that can happen that cause a very successful business to either not be here anymore or be a a fraction of what they used to be because of some defensive places that were missing. I love you. I'm here for you. Go forth and prosper. Reach out. If there's anything we can, don't forget to go to sethcamel.com and look for the show notes and download some notes on this. Feel free to join us on our private Facebook group, the Seth Campbell podcast, just search for it. It's a private group and fill out the response in there. We'll be happy to add you and have some more discussions.